Worship team, we're going to turn to John chapter 14, Gospel of John chapter 14. If you're wondering where the Gospel of John is, it's in the Old, it's in the New Testament, sorry, in the New Testament, Gospel of John chapter 14, fourth book in your New Testament. We're going to be looking at a famous passage, but we're not going to stay there. We're going to be jumping to different passages of Scripture today for a powerful message we're going to be looking at together. Uh, today we are continuing a series that we're doing here at Thrive, been doing it for a number of weeks now called Happy Healthy Home. Everyone say Happy Healthy Home. And this series is all about how to have happier, healthier relationships in your home, whether it's your marriage, your relationship with your brothers and sisters, relationship with your kids if you're a parent, relationship with your parents if you're a kid. We're talking about how deep down we all want a happy, healthy home. How do we do that? And over the past several weeks, we've been looking at different keys to having a happy, healthy home. Today on Father's Day, I've got a very special message to share with all of you. Let's look at John chapter 14, verses 6 to 11 together. Read in a big, loud voice with me and help me preach this morning. One, two, three, it says, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Verse 10, don't you believe that I'm in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing this work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Can you just go back to verse 6? Go back to verse 6. Go back to verse 6, where it it says, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, today the message I'm here to share with you is called Understanding the Heart of Your Heavenly Father. Here on Father's Day, on a very special day when we celebrate Father's, the, the message I hear, uh, have for you that I believe the Holy Spirit wants me to share with you is about learning to understand the heart of your Heavenly Father. Let me ask you this question. How does understanding the heart of your Heavenly Father have anything to do with having a happy, healthy home? How does understanding the heart of your Heavenly Father have anything to do with having a happy, healthy marriage or having a better relationship with your kids, your parents, your siblings? We're going to talk about that today. See, one of the biggest missions that Jesus was on when he came to this earth was to show us who the Father is to show us who our Heavenly Father is. He came to die on the cross for our sins, and Jesus also came to show us what our Heavenly Father is like. He came to show us that God is not just a creator, He's not just a force, He's not just a friend, but He is a Father. He's got the heart of a Father. He is your Heavenly Father. Everyone say, my Heavenly Father. And that's why so often when Jesus would talk about God, he would refer to God as your Heavenly Father. In fact, over 200 times in the Gospels alone, you will find that Jesus refers to God as Heavenly Father. 200 times. He'll say stuff like, you know, be merciful because your Heavenly Father is merciful. He'll say stuff like, you know, don't worry about tomorrow because your Heavenly Father loves you and is committed to taking care of you. When his disciples asked Jesus, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Do you know what Jesus answered? He said, well, to pray like this. The first two words that he taught them to pray was, our Father. It's because for, for, for Jesus, it was so important that his disciples, his followers, understand who their Heavenly Father is and understand the heart of that Heavenly Father. For some reason, Jesus really wanted us to know that. And the question is, why? Why is it so important to know and to understand the heart of your Heavenly Father? Let me give you three quick reasons you can write down really quick right now. The first reason why you need to know the heart of your Heavenly Father is this, is that when you don't understand the heart of your Heavenly Father, your relationships with others will not be as happy or healthy. 
When you don't know the heart of your Heavenly Father, when you don't understand how much He loves you, when you don't understand or have a close relationship with your Heavenly Father, it affects your other relationships. It actually causes problems in your other relationships. How so? Look with me at Ecclesiastes 3, 11 together. Read it with me in loud voice. 1, 2, 3, it says, He has planted eternity in the human heart. Stop right there. He has planted eternity in the human heart. What does that mean? He has planted eternity in the human heart. What it means is this, is that inside every one of us, God has planted the, an, almost like a, an eternal-sized void that only God can fill. It is what we call a God-sized hole. And you can try to fill that hole with anything else that you find in this world. Any other person, any other thing. You could fill it up with other relationships. You could try to fill it up with success and money. You could fill it up with sex and entertainment. You could fill it up with all these other things. But you will never be able to fill that void in your life because it is a God-sized hole that only God can fill. If you believe that, say amen. And when you look to other people to fill that void, you're going to be frustrated. When you look to other people to fill that void, you're going to be disappointed. Why? It's because there's a God-sized hole in your heart that only God can fill. And only God can give you lasting peace. Only God can give you true purpose in life. Only God can give you joy that's beyond your circumstances. But when you look for lasting peace in other relationships, when you look for true joy in other relationships, when you look for true purpose in other relationships, and you ignore your relationship with God, what happens? You will end up being very frustrated with your relationships. You will end up putting unfair expectations on your wife, on your husband, on your kids, on your parents, because the void that God is supposed to fill, you're trying to let others fill it for you, which they can't do. Have you ever been in a relationship before where someone had unfair expectations of you? You can be honest, you know, maybe it's your parents, Maybe it's your spouse, and you thought, oh, man, they're, what they're expecting of me is so unrealistic. I cannot wash the car every single day. Or, you know, I, I cannot do that every single day. Maybe there's someone in your life who has these unfair, unrealistic expectations of you, and what is the result of those unfair expectations? Is it marital bliss? Is it, oh, we're so happy and healthy together? No, the relationship is full of frustration. It's frustrating and disappointing for the person who has all those expectations. It's also frustrating and stressful for the person who knows that the other person has those expectations. If you believe that, say amen. You know what I'm talking about in this place? And see, maybe the reason today that you are so frustrated with life, maybe the reason why you're so unhappy today is because you're looking to some other person to fill a void that only God can fill. I'm here to tell you today, there's a God-sized hole in your heart. And until you understand the heart of your Heavenly Father, that void will continue to be a void that nothing else can fill. That's why you need to understand the heart of your Heavenly Father. Number two, there's a second reason why you need to understand the heart of your Heavenly Father. Write this down. Is that when you don't understand the heart of your Heavenly Father, your self-image will be distorted. How many of you guys know that your self-image affects your relationships? It absolutely does. What is your self-image? It's the way you see yourself. The way you look at yourself totally affects the way you look at others and the way you treat others and the way your relationships go. If you believe that, say amen. amen. See, for example, if, if you have a prideful, inflated self-image, what's going to happen? You're going to look down on others a lot. You're going to criticize people a lot. You're going to be very judgmental and judge people very, very easily. Just You don't even know them, but you'll just be very judgmental of them. That's what happens when you have a prideful, inflated self-image. If you've got a very low self-image, if you've got a very insecure self-image, what's going to happen? You're going to be very ultra-sensitive to what people say to you all the time. 
You'll, you'll, you'll be easily offended, easily hurt, and that affects your relationships too. It's only when I have a healthy self-image that I can have healthy relationships. There needs to be a match between who I really am and who I think I am. If there isn't that match between who I really am and who I think I am, what happens to our relationships? They become very unhealthy. Let me give you an example. Back in the early 2000s, uh, there was a girl called Amy Dumas. Amy Dumas. I, I, I was a big wrestling fan back in the you know, late 80s, but in the early 2000s, Amy Dumas, she was arguably the most famous and uh, popular uh, professional female wrestler in the world. And she was very unique for two, a couple reasons. The first reason is she was extremely athletic. She could, you know, she could do these, 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 these tricks and these athletic moves that so many guys wish they could do, but they couldn't do it. And, and in fact, there's a picture of her doing a flip that we can, uh, we can show just now. And, and she's, she's, you know, she was, was extremely athletic. There's, there's something else about Amy that, that, that you need to know is that she was also uh, a bit of a tomboy. She gave this impression that she was, you know, kind of like a guy in terms of, like, she, she, was, she was tough. She liked to skateboard. She was into, like, hardcore punk music. She was into martial arts. You know, many years after she retired from her professional wrestling career, Amy one day did an interview where she was talking about her life. And she did doing some reflecting, and she said this. She said this. She said, it was odd that I never knew my dad. I didn't know that I didn't know my, my dad because I saw my dad every day, but my dad never came to a soccer game, never went to a swim meet, never anything. And the moment my parents split up, we pretty much never talked. And I just never felt accepted by my dad. He was just never interested in me. And I know that's affected my relationships with men because it, keeps, it makes me keep a wall up and never really give in because I don't want the rejection again. And I realized that the reason why I kept learn, leaning on things like, oh, I'm a tomboy. Oh, oh, I'm into cool dude stuff. I'm into skateboarding. I'm into hardcore music. I'm into martial arts. was all because I wanted approval from guys that I never got from my, heavenly fa- never got from my father. Wow. Wow. And see, the same thing happens when, when we don't know the heart of our heavenly father. See, Amy had created this new identity for herself all because she didn't feel accepted by her heavenly father, but by her, her earthly father. Her self-image became distorted because she didn't have a healthy relationship with her dad. And because her self-image became distorted, her relationships around her with other people became unhealthy. How many of us know that the same effect happens even more so when you don't have a healthy relationship with your heavenly father? When you don't know the heart of your heavenly father, your self-image takes a hit. Because how many of us know this? The way you see yourself is not just a, a response to how you, you think your parents saw you. The way you see yourself is a response to how you think God looks at you. Your self-image is a product of how you think God looks at you. And if you think that God is just out there to get you, that he hates you, he's here to judge you, that he's someone that you are going to be afraid of, that affects your self-image in a big way, and that in turn affects your relationships as well. But when you start to realize that God made you to love you, that he made you because you are precious in his sight, because he made you because he sees you as his child, then it changes the way you see yourself. It changes your self-image. You can have a healthy self-image, and therefore have healthy relationships with other people. If you believe that, say amen. Look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 with me. 1, 2, 3, it says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. See, what does it say? It says, How great is the love that your heavenly Father has for us, for you and for me, that we should be called children of God. That is what we are. That is our identity. That is our true self-image. We are children of God. 
But see, when you don't know the love of your Heavenly Father, when you don't understand the heart of your Heavenly Father, you're going to have a distorted view of yourself, an unhealthy image of yourself. You're going to start thinking that you are things that you actually are not. You're going to start trying to be someone that you are not. You're trying to pretend to be someone that you were never meant to be. And instead of being defined by the love of God in your life, you're going to allow something else or someone else to define you. It's because you don't know the love of your Heavenly Father. But see, when you understand the heart of your Heavenly Father, it changes you from the inside out. It changes the way you see yourself. You can have a healthy self-image and therefore have healthier relationships. And so what is that? It's to say that if you want healthy relationships, you need a healthy self-image. Amen? And if you want a healthy self-image, you need to know, you need to understand the heart of your Heavenly Father toward you. Because the fact is, you will not really know who you really are until you know who your Heavenly Father is. That's when you can know who you really are, is when you know the love the Father has lavished on you. Tell the person to give them a high five and say, you are greatly loved by God. You are greatly loved by God. Number two, number three is this. When you don't understand God's heart for you, you will have a tough time experiencing much of God in your life. See, when you don't understand how, God's, how God feels about you, you're going to have a tough time experiencing his presence in your life. You're going to have a tough time hearing his voice. See, it's tough to know or to experience the presence of God when you don't know if he wants you to be close to him. It's tough to hear the voice of God when you don't know if he really wants to speak to you or not. See, knowing the heart of your heavenly father enables you to experience God. It's the foundation of experiencing God. And so if you're here in this place, you come to church because you want to experience God. You want to feel his presence. You want to hear his voice. Do you know where it all begins? It begins with understanding the heart of your heavenly father for you. It doesn't begin with a feeling. It doesn't begin with, you know, like a feeling of presence. It begins with understanding who your heavenly father is and how he feels toward you. Look at Romans 8, 15 with me. One, two, three, it says, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear but you receive the spirit of sonship and by him we cry abba father what is it saying it's saying that you weren't made when you became a christian when you when you put your faith in jesus christ you weren't made to keep on living in fear you were made to have a close relationship with god so much so that he calls you his son his daughter it's a spirit of sonship and and it says by him we cry abba father what does abba mean well, Abba, you know, you ask the, the person on the street, they'll, they'll say Abba is the most famous disco band of all time. It's like, you know, Dancing Queen, you know, YMC. Oh, no, that's, that's Village People, sorry. The, the, the Dancing Queen, other, other disco music that's out there. Abba is that band. But you know what Abba was long before it was a disco band? Abba is the most tender name for father in the Bible. Abba actually means, it's almost like daddy. It's the most intimate name. And, when, and so when Romans 8.15 says that you know, God has given us not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of sonship, and by that spirit we cry, Abba, Father, what it means is that God made you and put his Holy Spirit in you so that you could have an intimate and close relationship with your Heavenly Father. Amen. So you could know him on an intimate level. You were made to experience him. To experience him, you need to understand the heart of your Heavenly Father. Those are three reasons why it is so important to know the heart of your Heavenly Father. So that's why we want to talk about that today. I'm going to end this morning by talking about four ways that your Heavenly Father feels toward you. See, just as the human heart has four chambers, I want to take you into four chambers of the heart of God. 
so that you can understand how God feels about you. Maybe you're here in this place and you have no idea how God feels about you. Maybe you're scared to think about how God might feel about you. Today, I believe this, this message is going to bring some encouragement and some comfort to you in this place as we look at four ways your Heavenly Father feels toward you. You can write this down. Number one is this. Your Heavenly Father is proud of you. Your Heavenly Father is proud of you. You know, I think deep down we all have this desire to hear that our mom or my or dad, but especially our dad, that our dad is proud of us, that he approves of us, that he's pleased with us. Your heavenly father is proud of you. Look at look look at this video with me together right now. This video was produced in Vancouver, actually, uh, and you may have seen it before. I found it, find it quite touching to watch it on a Father's Day. Let's check out this video together right now. You know, when I watch this video, there there are two lessons that really hit me. The first lesson is that. We don't know how long we will have with our dads on earth. And so you want to take the time while you still have them here to appreciate them while you can. Especially today on Father's Day, if you have your dad still around, whether they're here in the city or not, can I encourage you to let it be known to them that you're thinking of them and that you miss them if, you're not, if, they're, not, if they're not around with you, that you love them, that you appreciate them for the difference they've made in your life. They might not be the perfect dad. No, perfect, no, no dad is perfect, but you can thank God and thank your dad for the difference, the positive difference they've made in your life. If you believe that, say amen. amen. There's a second lesson I learned from this one, and that is that deep down, all of us long for our father's approval. Deep down, I think we all desperately want to hear our dad say, I'm proud of you, I approve of you, I accept you, I'm pleased with you. And some of you, you've been waiting to hear those words from your dad all your life. Here's a question for the dads in this place. When was the last time you let your children know that you were proud of them? When was the last time you said, son, I'm so proud of you? Or, my, or said to your daughter, hey, you know, I'm so proud of you when you did that. See, fathers, I want you to give, just give you a little tip today, just a reminder today, is that we need to let our children know just how proud we are of them. If you believe that, say amen. Because they desperately need to hear that from us. They are not perfect children, just as we are not perfect dads. But we need to let them know, because they desperately need to have that assurance that we love them, that we accept them, that we're proud of them, that we approve of them, because that's the way that every one of us was built. Deep down, we all long for that approval from our dad. And so, fathers in this place, if you haven't said it today, make sure you say it today, I'm proud of you, son. I'm proud of you, my daughter. Do that today. Matthew 3, 16 and 17 says it this way. Read in a big, loud voice. It says, Matthew 3, 16, 17. Do we have that PowerPoint? Yeah, let's see. One, two, three. It says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. Keep on going. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, whom I love. With him, I'm well pleased. What's going on? Jesus is getting baptized. Everyone say, getting baptized. Jesus got baptized, so is the setting example for us. If you believe in Jesus, you need to get baptized. He's getting baptized. He's getting into the water. And the Bible says that as Jesus is coming out of the water, all of a sudden there's a voice from heaven. It's the voice of his heavenly father saying, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. In other words, son, I am proud of you. See, Jesus noticed Jesus not a, he had not done a single thing in his ministry yet. He was not known as a public teacher or a healer or a prophet. He wasn't known as any of those things. But even on that day, before he had accomplished anything that we would know Jesus for, his father said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I'm well pleased. It goes to show that God's love for you is not based on your performance. His love for you is unconditional. Amen. And that's the way that God loves you. And see, whenever I think about the father figures in my life, my dad, my father-in-law, my pastor, 
uh, even an uncle of mine, they have each in some way said to me before, and I'm so grateful for it, they at some point said, I'm so proud of you. I remember my father-in-law said that to me on the night before I uh, you know, got married to Charlene. They said, JB, I'm proud of you. I'm like, okay, what's, what? I'm not sure what that means exactly. But, I'm, I, but I, I'm, I'm thankful for those words. And he said them in, in, in other ways uh, since then. But see, here's the thing, is that whenever I think about those father figures who, so, who told me, hey, JB, I'm proud of you, the thing is this, they could have easily chosen to focus on everything that I did wrong. They could have easily chosen to focus on all the ways that I had messed up. But instead, they focused on the good and said, hey, you did well there. Hey, I'm proud of you. And in a way, that's exactly what your Heavenly Father has done for you as well. See, you might be like, how could God be proud of me? I'm not even proud of me. How could God be proud of me? You know, and this is the thing. God, in the same way, could have very easily focused on every way that you have not met his standard. He could have easily focused on all the ways that we have messed up. But instead of focusing on that, instead of saying, you owe me in this area, in this area, in this area, you know what he did? He sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross to pay for all of our sins, all of our flaws, all of our deficiencies, all the ways that we had not met his standard and fallen short of his glory. Jesus died for it all so that God would not need to focus on those things anymore. Instead, he could just focus on the good things that we do because he's forgiven us of our sins and he focuses on our good. And the same way that Jesus came out of the water and the father said to him, this is my son whom I, whom I love, with him I'm well pleased. When you put your life in Jesus' hands, God looks at you and says, this is my daughter whom I love, with him I'm well pleased. This is my son whom I love, with him I'm well pleased. He'll say your name and say, you, know, you are my son whom I love, with him I'm well pleased. If you believe that, say amen. That's when you have Christ in your life. When you open up your heart to Jesus Christ, no longer does Jesus, no longer does your father see your sin. He sees Jesus and his righteousness on you so that your sins are forgiven. He doesn't focus on that anymore. All of that is put to the sea of forgetfulness and all he focuses on, on are all the ways that he is proud of you from now on. Focus on, you know, when you, when you stepped out in faith, I was proud of you. When you worked hard, I was proud of you. When you persevered through that tough time, I was proud of you. When you gave, even when you didn't feel like giving, even when you didn't feel you had much, but you still gave, I'm proud of you. He could focus on the good because that's what Jesus Christ did. He came to show us who the Father is like. Amen. Amen. Your heavenly Father is proud of you. I don't know what your relationship is like with your earthly dad. Maybe you've never heard your earthly dad say, I'm proud of you. But can I tell you that you have a heavenly father who is very proud of you. He sees you, in fact, in the same way that he sees his own son, Jesus Christ. He sees you as blameless and acceptable in his sight. He sees you as pleasing in his sight. He approves of you because he loves you. Tell the person as you give him a high five and say, your heavenly father is proud of you. Amen. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17 says it this way. Zephaniah 3 17, read it with me in a big loud voice. One, two, three, it says, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. So imagine that. God, that, that what it says, he will rejoice over you with singing. That's what God wants to do with you, is that when he's around you, when he thinks about you, he sings. 
He doesn't sing, oh, woe is me, woe is me. Oh, I'm such, a, I'm, I'm such an unlucky dad. No, he sings because he's so proud to have you in his life. You are a delight in the eyes of God. And since you're in Jesus Christ, your heavenly father is proud of you, you don't need to live for other people's approval anymore. For those of you who keep chasing, oh, I wish that person would like me. I wish that person would accept me. I wish that person would finally give me a chance. You, want, you don't have to live for those things or chase those things as if, as if it's the only thing in your life because your Heavenly Father is already proud of you. Amen. Amen. Your Heavenly Father already approves of you. And so you don't need to live for the approval of other people anymore. That's the first thing you need to know about how God feels about you is that your Heavenly Father is proud of you. Number two, the second thing. Some of you, that's all you need to know today, but I'm going to give you number two as well. Your Heavenly Father loves to spend time with you. Your Heavenly Father loves to spend time with you. You know, one of my favorite things to do is to spend time with my son. He's five years old. And, you know, Bradley and I, we, like, our favorite thing to do together is just to hang out together. You know, he's really into, you know, like Super Mario right now, so we play video games a little bit together. We love talking about all these things, and, and I, I, I just, it's just one of my favorite things to do is just to hang out with him, be close to him, spend time with him. It's one of my favorite things in the world to do. I remember last week, uh, in fact, there's a little picture of me and him. Uh, this is just taken a few weeks ago. Um, last week... Um, uh, Pastor Charlene and, and Bradley, they, they went off to a trip to see some friends in the States. And it was the first time in a while that I've been away from Bradley. And man, I missed him so much. I missed him so much. It was only three days. Uh, like, maybe that, that for that first you know, half hour or hour, I was like, freedom. <laughs> wow. It feels weird. It feels strange. I can do my own thing for once. But after about, after about a, a half an hour or an hour, I started to really miss both Charlene and Bradley. And, and I remember during those two, three days that they were away, I, I just couldn't wait to get on FaceTime to talk to Bradley and to Char. And remember, there's even a, a photo of us on FaceTime this way. Uh, this, 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 is, this is his friend as well. They're there together. Uh, one looks really concentrated. One's looking really kind of bored. Uh, but, you know, and, 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 we're, and we're just talking. And, we're, and we talk so many times. We talk about, you know, we talked about, oh, like, Daddy, did you, did you, did you, do, did you finish World 4 on, on Super Mario today? And we just talked about all these different things. And we, we, we talked about what they did that day, where they went. We talked about, like, some just silly stuff. I, I even had a chance to put, put, the, put the phone in front of the video games that I was playing, and I, sh- I showed Bradley what I was playing and what I was doing. Some of the, some of the Muslims place are, oh my goodness, don't get your, clo- your, your, your child close to Pastor JV. Uh, like, screen time, that's bad. And, and, but, but that's what we did, and then eventually, you know, we ended up having to get off the phone, and so, you know, I was like, hey, love you, Bradley, and he's like, love you, br- love, love you, daddy, I love you one million. And I'm like, and I was like, I love you more than that. He's like, I love you one billion. I'm like, I love you more than that. He said, like, I love you one fulfillion. He's just making up stuff now. And I love you more than that. And, and it was just one of those things where I was like, and, and it was just, we, we shared that time together. And when we said goodbye, uh, it was just one of those things where I was like, you know, I miss him already. And you know, when I hung up, I thought to myself, you know, I am the luckiest dad in the world to have this amazing son in my life. And I just love spending time with him. And after Bradley and I, we got off our iPads and, uh, you know, we got off the phone. I, I actually started to cry. Because I just missed him that much. And it's, I was thinking to myself, I even said this out loud. It's, it's only day two, and I miss him this much already. What am I going to do tomorrow? And, you know, it, it makes me, going through that kind of experience makes me appreciate in a new way why, when you read the Gospels, Jesus, every day, is going up to a mountain to spend time with his Father. You know, before I used to think of his, oh, that's just game time. That's, you know, his diligence, his spiritual diligence, and, and you know, his disciplining himself. And that's important. That's a part of it. But now I'm starting to see it as there's another layer to it that's even more important, which is that Jesus just missed spending time with his heavenly father. 
If you've ever been in a long-distance relationship with someone you love, you know what we were talking about. Maybe your dad is in another country, and you can't see him often, but you can see him from time to time, maybe through, through, through Skype or, or through FaceTime. That's what Jesus had to do for 33 years of his life, is that all he could do to see his dad was to go up a mountain, and that was his FaceTime. That was his time face-to-face with his heavenly father. And I could just imagine Jesus looking forward to that every single day. You know, he might be you know, among people here on earth, and he's, he's spending time with people. Some people are frustrating him. Some situations are, are, are causing him to just be quite irritated. And he thinks to himself, man, just a few more hours, and I'm going to spend time with my heavenly father. Or he, I, I can imagine he's carrying the cross up to Golgotha where he will be crucified. And, and as he's stumbling and, and, he's, and he's struggling in, in his mind, he thinks to himself, just in a few days, I get to see my heavenly father again. Just in a few days, I get to be with my dad again. And, and see, it, it's one of those things where you realize that you know, your heavenly father loves to spend time with you. Hebrews 12, 2 to 3 says it this way. Read it in a big, loud voice with me. Hebrews 2, uh, 12, 2 to 3. Do we have that PowerPoint? Yeah. 1, 2, 3, it says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, what is it saying? It's saying that Jesus... For the joy set before him endured the cross. What was that joy? What was the joy that caused him to keep on going and even be crucified on a cross? It wasn't, oh, yes, today I'm going to be killed. Yes. Oh, yes, today I'm going to be tortured. Yes. No, that wasn't the joy that was set before him. What was the joy that was set before him? There's two things. One is that he got to be with his heavenly father very, very soon. Number two is that he knew that he could be with you and me forever. That was the joy that was set before him. And he would do anything, even if it meant giving the biggest sacrifice he could give, he thought, I'm going to do it for the joy set before me. And see, maybe you didn't grow up with a dad who enjoyed spending that much time with you. Maybe you grew up with a dad who didn't really make that a priority. Maybe they, they were great at providing for you materially, but they didn't really spend time with you emotionally. And as a result, you're not that close to your earthly dad. If that's you, can I tell you something today? You have a heavenly father who loves spending time with you. You have a heavenly father who's interested in you. He, lo- he, he just loves being with you all the time. And how do I know that? That's not just, you know, positive thinking. That's not just, you know, airy-fairy, like, spiritual talk. But it's because your heavenly father did two things to prove it. The first thing he did is that God sent Jesus Christ to die for you so you could spend eternity with him in heaven. When we were separate from God, when we had no way of being with God, when we were doomed to an eternity without God, without heaven, without God's presence, without in any chance to be with him, God sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for you so that we could spend eternity with him. See, your heavenly father couldn't bear the thought of spending eternity without you. And so he would rather die than spend eternity without you. And so that's what he did. He died on the cross to make eternity with you possible. If you believe that, say amen. There's a second thing he did. Not only did he send Jesus Christ to die on the cross for you so you could spend eternity with him in heaven, he did one more thing. Your, Your heavenly father sent his Holy Spirit to live in you so that you could experience his presence on earth. It's almost as if, you know, God was saying, you know what, I don't want to just wait for heaven to spend time with you. I want to spend time with you now. I don't want to just, you know, wait until 80 years after you die or 40 years after you die. I don't want to wait for that to to be with you. I miss you now. I want to spend time with you now. I want to be close to you now. And so I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit who's going to live inside of you so that you can have a close relationship with me now. Amen. 
That's why you've given his Holy Spirit. He's a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. And see, since your Heavenly Father loves to spend time with you, then one thing all of us want to do, spend time with your Heavenly Father often. That's why we're here in church. It's, a, it's not just to spend time with people and to see people. So much more than that. It is to spend time with our Heavenly Father. Amen? It's to spend time in his presence, hearing his word, being close to him. That's why having a game time where you spend time with God is so important. Every day, reading a little bit of the Bible, it's not just to grow. It is to grow, but even more, it's to grow in your relationship with your Heavenly Father. It's to grow in intimacy with God. That's why going to a small group is important. It's not just about you know, spending time with people, but it's about spending time with your Heavenly Father. Here's a question for you. If God wants to so much spend time with you, if he even died on the cross to make that possible, if he gave you the most precious things he has to make time with him possible, how much are you spending time with him? Maybe today, you know, today the thing you need to do is starting today, I need to spend more time with my heavenly father. I need to stop doing it on a Sunday only. I want to do it every single day because your heavenly father sent his son to die for that purpose. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Here's a tip for the dads in this place. Dads, if you want your homes to be happy and healthy, you want to spend quality time with your kids. You might feel like you have other things to do. You might feel like you're so busy. But can I tell you, there is nothing more important than spending time with your kids. It is worth the sacrifice. And, you know, fathers, I want you to, do, to think of it this way. You want to give your children the gift of your presence. Your presence is the most important present they will ever receive from you. And so make the most of the time you have to spend it with them. How much quality time, dads, are you spending with your kids these days? You know, in the past three days, it's June, so school is ending. So like, in the past three days, I've been to four graduation ceremonies in the past three days for one boy. All right? Four graduation ceremonies in three days for one boy for four different classes. There's French class, there's gymnastics class, there's, there's English class. There's all these different, and, 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 you know, and, and these are the things. I, am I busy? I am, I am busy. All right? <laughs> Those of you who don't know me, I am very, very busy. But, is, but I think the Holy Spirit's been impacting me to know that one of the best gifts I can give my son is my presence. And so I'll, I'll move those other things to be with him because one of the best gifts that Bradley can receive from me is the gift of my presence. If you believe that, say amen. amen. And here's an extra tip for dads in this place. Is that maybe you're here and, and you do try to spend time with your kids, but you, you're not emotionally into it. You're kind of there, kind of like... Uh... You're, you're, you're at the table, but you're silent. You're not really talking to them. You're, you, you, know, you're, you, you call them on the phone, but you're not really talking to them about anything. You're just more like, oh, you ought to do this different. You ought to do that different. You ought to, you ought to be better at that and better at this. Can I, can I give you a tip? Is that if you want your home to be happy and healthy, if you want your relationship with your kids to be happy and healthy, be emotionally invested in your kids. Amen? Ask them what they're interested in. Ask them what, 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 the, what makes them happy. Ask them what frustrates them. Get to know them in, emotionally. Don't just spend token time with your kids, but be present in their lives so that you can understand them heart to heart, face to face. Because when you do that, you're on your way to a happy, healthy relationship. Amen. Amen. That's the second thing you need to know about your Heavenly Father, is that your Heavenly Father loves to spend time with you. Number three, your Heavenly Father looks to protect you. He looks to protect you. Over the past few weeks, we've been looking at the role of the husband in the home, talking about how he is a protector. A father, even more so, is a protector. And your heavenly father, he is the greatest protector of all. He looks to protect you. Let's check out one more video today that uh, I think you're going to find pretty cool. Let's check this out together right now. You know, when the producers of that video asked, what's the message of this video? They, they said it's not just about selling insurance. They said that a good father always has your back. He'll look out for you and help you out no matter what. 
Even if his help is just a push in the right direction towards something you'll ultimately have to figure out yourself, a good father always has your back. Can I tell you that your heavenly father has your back? He always has your back. He's the greatest protector you will ever have. And Psalm 121 says it this way. Read it with me in a big loud voice. Verses 7 and 8 says, 1, 2, 3. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Your heavenly father looks, watches to protect you. It's like you've got a heavenly security guard with you wherever you go. You might be in the loneliest place today, but you have a heavenly father who's watching out for you. You know, over time, I've learned that there are two ways that your heavenly father protects you. And if I explain these two ways to you, you might find that they're actually a bit contradictory, but let me explain it to you because you're going to realize they're two parts of a bigger whole. Is it the first way that God protects you? You know what it is? The first way that God protects you is to hold you close to him. When you're going through a scary situation, when you're going through a, a time that you don't really sure, you're not really sure if you could handle, when you feel like you're just so weak and you don't have the strength to keep on going with whatever it is you're facing, your heavenly father is an expert at holding you close to himself. You know, there are times when I go through the most stressful times of my life where I don't know if I can keep on going. And sometimes I'll pray and I'll get this picture of me just resting on, my, on, on, the, on the belly of a giant. And that giant is my heavenly father. And I, I'm resting there. I'm just like, and I can, I can hear his big stomach breathing in and out. And I think that's a good picture of, of my heavenly father. When I'm, when I'm scared, when I'm stressed, when I feel afraid, when I'm worried, I can go to my heavenly father and I can count on his presence to hold me close when I'm going through the, the valley of the shadow of death. Amen. And there's a, but there's a second way. Because, you know, this is the thing. And maybe your, your dad is no longer around. Maybe your dad is not with you anymore. Maybe your dad is just nowhere near. You don't even know where he is now. Can I tell you, you're, you have a heavenly father who will never leave you or forsake you. And he's here to hold you close. When you're, when you're walking in the midst of bullies, he's there to hold you close. When you're walking in the darkness, he's here to hold you close. When you don't really know if you have the, chance, the, the, the ability or the strength to step forward again, he's here to hold you close and to help you take that step. He is there. That's the first way that your heavenly father protects you, is to hold you close to himself. But there's a second way that your heavenly father protects you, and that is this. It's to train you to get stronger. See, this is the thing. Sometimes protection requires letting go. Is that weird? Sometimes protection requires letting go. And sometimes protection for your heavenly father means I need to let go of my son or my daughter just a little bit so that they can stand on their own. And in the video that we saw, you'll notice that what the dad did was his way of protecting his son wasn't only to hold him close to himself, but there were even more moments when he would let him go and he, he would take him to these judo or karate practices so he could learn to defend himself, so he could learn muscles that he didn't have before, so he could gain skills he didn't have before. At times, I can guarantee that son didn't like it. At times, I can guarantee that that son probably didn't want to go through that kind of training. I can guarantee there were times when he was embarrassed, times when he was too tired, times when he was like, I don't want to do this. But his heavenly father was there to say, no, you got to do this, son. Pull the blanket off him and go, come on, it's time to go. It's time to go. And why is it? It's not to be cruel to him. It was actually, in the end, to protect him. And see, your heavenly father is like that as well is that maybe some things have happened in your life, even recently, that you didn't plan for, that you didn't expect, that you didn't wish for. Problems that you, don't, you, didn't, you didn't plan, you didn't ask for it. Trials that were beyond your control, but they came. Maybe even in the midst of all that problem, you've thought, thought, you've thought to yourself, you know, God, where are you? God, like, well, like, it's as if you're not even there. Where are you? Can I tell you this? 
If you're in that situation today or have been in that season, can I tell you, it's not that your Heavenly Father is not there. It's not that your Heavenly Father does not care. Your Heavenly Father, believe it or not, is training you. He's training you to get stronger. Because if he constantly held you close to him at every moment of the day and never let you go, you would never learn to get strong. You would always be this weakling who's always, oh, I can't do anything. Oh, but God doesn't, didn't make you to be that. God made you to be a warrior and a fighter. Amen. And so that's why sometimes he will give you the space to go, okay, you need to learn this. You need to learn this skill. You need to learn an attitude of gratitude right now. You need to learn to persevere right now. You need to learn your self-control right now. And so he doesn't just kind of make it easy, but he says, okay, let me train you. That's why Hebrews 12, it's not on the screen, but Hebrews 12 talks about how endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. What son is not disciplined by their father? We have all gone through discipline. And then it says, no training is pleasant at the time, but painful. But in the end, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. If you believe that, say amen. That's the heart of your father God. He wants to protect you. Sometimes it's about holding you close, but sometimes it's about training you to get strong because that's what protection is about. You know, one thing I've learned over time, when I look at some of the situations in my life where I didn't wish for it to happen, but it happened. I didn't want it to happen, but it happened. You know, things, problems in my life, stuff that happened that I I was like, you know, where did that come from? Looking back, I can say this about each and every time, is that God meant it for protection and not punishment. Sometimes God loves you too much to let you have your way because he has something better for you. And so here's a tip for those of you who are going through a tough time today. When things don't go your way, don't see it as God's punishment. See it as God's protection. He's protecting you for something greater. He's protecting you for a story that is greater than the one you're trying to write yourself. He's saving you for the best that is yet to come. If you believe that, say amen. And so since you have a heavenly father who looks to protect you, then you don't need to worry. You don't need to live in fear. You'll need to live as if it all depends on you. Maybe there are circumstances right now in your life that you have no control over. You wish you had an answer for that problem, but you don't have that, pro- that answer right now. That's okay. You don't have to. Your heavenly father is looking out to protect you. And there will be times when you need it where he will hold you close if you will only just come close to him. And he will hold you in his presence and he will comfort you. He will reassure you. He will strengthen you with his love. And there will also be times when you're going through the day and it's tough and you have to bear down and go, okay, this is me being trained by my heavenly father. And because when I'm trained, it is his protection over my life. If you believe that, give God a big hand here in this place. Sometimes God loves you too much to let you have your own way. And so when you're going through a tough time, when things aren't going your way, don't see it as, oh, God, why are you punishing me? No, God's not punishing you. He's protecting you for something far greater. Turn turn to your neighbor and give him a high five and say, God is protecting you for something greater. Is this helpful in this place this morning? Is this helpful? Let me end with one last way that your heavenly father feels about you. Number four, your heavenly father sees you as unique and irreplaceable. You know, I was watching a video, we're not going to show this video today, but I was watching this video of dads, men, who were finding out for the first time that they were going to be dads. And you have all sorts of different reactions. Some are like uh, overjoyed, some are speechless, some are shocked, some are, they, they, have no, they don't know what to say. And um, maybe one day I'll show that video to you. But do you know how I found out, uh, or my reaction was when I found out from Pastor Charlene that we were pregnant with our first child? Well, I'll tell you this, is that 
uh, a couple days before she told me the news, I was sleeping in my bed, and all of a sudden I had this dream. I was sleeping in bed and had this dream. I, I still remember where I was when I was having this dream. I was, I was, I was on the, the, the right side of the bed, which is weird. I don't know why I'm, I, like, I'm usually on the left side of the bed. I was on the right side of the bed, and I've got my pillow because I, I sleep on my front. That's maybe too much information that you need to know. But I'm, I'm sleeping on my front, and all of a sudden I have this dream. And I, I'm sleeping, but like, I, like, I, I remember this dream. This dream, I, I, I'm in my parents' old house. I'm sitting on a chair, and then someone passes to me a negative, like a photo negative strip. You guys remember when, before you used smartphones to take pictures, when you have, you have like rolls of film? And, and I got a negative strip. And I take a look at the negative strip, and this is in my dream. I, took a, I take a look at the negative strip, and in that negative strip, I see pictures of this little boy in overalls. And he's maybe like three or four years old at that time. And I, and I could see that you know, my favorite stuffed animal was right beside him. And they're, 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 they're together. And, 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 he lo- and my stuffed animal looked pretty big in front of him. It just shows how small he was. And I thought to myself at that moment as I'm looking at this in my dream, that guy is mine. That little boy belongs to me. And not just in my dream, but in real life, I start to cry. And I just felt this connection with that little boy in my dream that I'd never felt at any other time in my life. And when I woke up a couple days later, Shar said, hey, I'm pregnant. And I was like, why am I not surprised? It was just one of those things where for some reason, you know, God had a very special plan in terms of announcing the birth of our uh, beautiful baby boy. And why do I share that with you? It's because, you know, just as I had a dream, um, and, and that dream was of, you know, this boy coming into my life, uh, you know, I, I wrote a song about it. Uh, and it was, it was a song, I, think, I remember I wrote it on Christmas Eve. It was before Bradley was born. And it was talking about this dream. I said, saw you in a dream one day, then I knew for sure someday. God would bless us with the precious gift of you. And then the next part goes, heard your beating heart that raced. Then I saw your hands and face. God has blessed us and you are my dream come true. And goes, oh, Bradley, what a beautiful treasure you are. I'm proud of you. Thank God for you, my strong and happy boy. Oh, Bradley, how I love you with all of my heart. My strong and happy, wise and healthy son. Bradley, my beautiful boy. That's, that's a song, right? And... Um, Hey, praise God. And, um, and, uh, and you know, Bradley loves to hear that song these days, all right? He was like, hey, can you sing the Bradley song? Can you bring, sing the Bradley song? And I'll say, oh, Brad-. And sometimes he'll sing it himself. Like, oh, Bradley, what a, be- what a beautiful treasure I am. Right? And, and, and this is the thing is, you know, fathers, fathers in this place, you know, you, you all, we all have our own talents. You don't have to be a songwriter. You don't have to be a musician. But can I encourage you in this place, if you want a happy, healthy relationship with your kids, can I encourage you to be creative in letting your children know how special they are to you? Amen? Be creative. With, maybe you're into graphic design. And, you know, one of our staff, Ryan, he, he'll, I know he's, he's into graphic. He's, he's our graphic designer, our media specialist. And he'll, he'll create clothes with his children's names on it. He creates his own brand based on that. And it's just a, it's just a creative way to let your children know that they are special to you. What is your talent that you can use to let your children know that they are special to you? Use it. God gave you those talents for a purpose. And one of the biggest purposes was to let your children know how much, you mean, how much they mean to you. If you believe that, say amen. See, before you were conceived in your mother's womb, before you were born into this world, you were a dream in the heart of your heavenly father. And it, was, it gave your father the greatest joy to make that dream come true. And if you've ever questioned your worth, 
if you've ever questioned your birth, then you got to know that your Heavenly Father sees you as unique and irreplaceable to Him. Amen? Let me end with one last story for you. A few weeks ago, I came home from work, and Charlene and Bradley were at home. And uh, Charlene said to Bradley, Hey, Bradley, can you show Daddy what you did in the backyard? I thought maybe it was, I'm not really sure what it was. It's, it's, it's very tough to predict what could be that, what, what could come up next. And I, I went home and um, I, uh, I, I, I got to the back and, and Bradley was there. And uh, Bradley started to take me, took me by the hand and he, and he showed me some rocks in our backyard. And each of these rocks, there, there, he, he, he found like maybe eight or nine rocks. And there were some of the whitest rocks that we had in our, in our backyard. And, and what he did was he, he had decided to paint a letter on each of those rocks. Not random letters, but each, each rock had a letter that represented someone. And so J is for JB, all right? Uh, B is for Bradley. S is for Charlene. K is for Gong Gong, which is my, my dad. That's how, what we call uh, our grandfather. Uh, y is for Ye Ye, which is how he calls my father-in-law. A is for Ama. W is for Wawa, which is what he calls, uh, you know, his maternal grandmother, Charlene's mom. F is uh, another friend in his life. And, and um, you know, when I saw that, I was, I was amazed um, because, you know, I was reminded of a scene in the book of Revelation where in the book of Revelation, there's a scene where, where God is going to give a stone to every one of his people, every one of his children. Do you know this? If you read Revelation chapter 2, verse 17, in fact, we'll read it together right now. It says it this way. Read it within the big loud voice. One, two, three, it says, And I will give you to, to each one a white stone, and on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. So ima- imagine this. Billions of people in heaven. Billions and billions. Not just Christians today, but Christians throughout history. They are all in heaven. Billions of them. All right? And God gives a single individual stone to each and every one of those billions of people that has a new nickname that is just between that person and their Heavenly Father. And, and, and what does that speak of? Do, do you have a nickname? Maybe in your home, someone calls you by a nickname. I, I shared uh, an embarrassing nickname uh, that I had last, uh, last week with you. Uh, my, my wife used to call me Honey Melon, right? Okay. Honey Melon. Oh, Honey Melon. She started calling me that again this past week. It's kind of nice. Um, JB is a nickname. I don't know if you guys know that. JB wasn't the name I was born with, but it's, 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 it stands for a longer name. So that's a nickname, actually. Do you have a nickname at home? Maybe there's something that only your dad calls you. Well, I want to tell you that your Heavenly Father has a nickname that he only calls you. And it's not a bad nickname, all right? It's not an insulting name. It's a name of tenderness toward you that is only for you. It's only for you. And in fact, it's a secret between you and your Heavenly Father. And, and that's, that speaks of what? That speaks of how God sees you. That in heaven, in the kingdom of God, you're not just a number. You're not, you're not just, you know, one out of this many people. But you have a unique, irreplaceable place in the heart of God. Amen. You should be clapping by now because, you know, God has a unique, irreplaceable place in his heart for you. Do you have the nickname? God has a nickname for you. I don't know what that nickname is. You know, I, I, if you ask me to pray for you and ask for that nickname, I, I, I wouldn't know what it is. I'd, I'd, just be, I'd just be making it up, all right? Uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Hollywood. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But see, God has a nickname for you. 
And what does that tell you? It tells you that you are unique and irreplaceable in the heart of God. And as many children as your heavenly father has, there is a place in your father's heart that no one else can take that is just for you and for you alone. And so since you are unique and since you are precious and since you are irreplaceable in the sight of your heavenly father, do you know what that means? Do you know what that means? It means that you don't have to compare yourself to others anymore. For those of you who keep comparing yourself to other people, you keep on saying, oh, why is that person prettier? Why is that person more talented? Why does that person have more opportunities than I do? Why is that person richer than I am? Why does that person get to be married to that person? You you think of all these different, you keep on comparing in all these different ways. Can you know this? God loves you. He is proud of you. He loves to spend time with you. He looks out to protect you. And when he looks at you, he sees you as unique and precious in his sight. You are not just one in a million. You are one in the billions and billions of people and yet he has a unique and personal relationship with you amen that's how he loves you. come on give god a big hand in this place you should be popping much more than that and much earlier than that now you are one out of billions and yet he still counts the number of hairs that are on your head you are one out of billions and yet when you fall he sees it you're one in billions, and when, you, when you're not doing well, his heart is specifically for you. You're one in billions, and yet when you move in faith, and when you are courageous in reaching out to someone, he sees it, and with so much pride, goes, that's my boy, that's my girl, that's your Heavenly Father. Praise God. When you know and understand the heart of your Heavenly Father, it changes everything. It changes everything. It changes everything. All of a sudden, those of you who were not able to experience the presence of God, those of you who were not able to hear the voice of God, you're going to start hearing the voice of God. You're going to start feeling the presence of God when you know his heart for you, that he looks to protect you, that he loves to spend time with you, that he is proud of you, that he sees you as unique and irreplaceable in your life and in his life. Those of you who've never experienced the presence of God in your life or just felt very limited in your ability to experience God, it's, it's, it's when you start to know the heart of your Heavenly Father, that you're able to experience Him like never before because you know where it's coming from. You know where that presence is coming from. You know where that word is coming from. It's not to punish you. It's to protect you. It's to bless you. It's to be there for you. It's to encourage you. It's to comfort you. It's to love you. It's to show how much you mean to Him. That's your Heavenly Father for you. Come on, give God a big, big hand here in this place. Give Him a big shout as well to your Heavenly Father. Come on. I said give a big shout to your Heavenly Father right now. Come on. He loves you. Tell says you, he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Tell says as if you really mean it. He loves you. 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 He is your heavenly father. And he loves you with an undying love. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, so you could be with him for eternity. He sent his Holy Spirit so you could be with him every day. He's lo- he, that's how much he's in love with you. And if we would respond to him with faith, you will experience him changing you from the inside out, making every relationship in your life a glorious one because he is working in your life. That is your heavenly father. Let's all stand. Let's give our heavenly father a big hand, big cheer, big applause, big shout. Come on. He's your heavenly father. Give him a big hand in this place. Give him a shout in this place right now. Come on. I'm not convinced. I said, let's give our big, big hand to the big, big heavenly father that we have. Come on. Tell a person to you, he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Let's respond to God in this place. Praise God for his word. Praise God for his truth that sets us free.